hey, this is cool. This is going to be a big hit. I would be like the singer at a jazz club next to the piano. That was the first time that I was like, wow, I can do it. He's so emotional and so raw and so real with how he delivers his music. 13-year-old me, rock and rolling. I came out of the session and went, oh my gosh, this is it. This is the sound. She was so real. When she'd be rapping and singing, it felt like he was kind of at the church again. Hello and welcome to What Did I Say, where Atlantic Records talks with artists about songs they made, songs they like, and songs they'd like to have made. It's an inside look into the craft of songs from the artists themselves. Long before Matt Mason ended up in our Atlantic podcast studio, he was already a well-traveled musician, playing tour dates at prisons, biker rallies, and more as part of his family's ministry. Cutting his teeth on these daunting stages not only honed his skills, but left a young singer-songwriter with a vast array of life experiences to draw upon. His story is one of triumph and redemption, recovering from drug use and lost connections, and equipped for this rise with an unwavering, honest voice. He brought that voice to acclaimed summer music festivals Lollapalooza, Bonnaroo, and Bottle Rock, while selling out headlining dates in New York City, Chicago, and L.A. We spoke with the Atlantic Records and Neon Gold artist fresh off the release of his 2018 EP, The Hearse, about breaking away from Christian rock, his unique connection with fellow frontman Andy Hull, and about traveling to Nicaragua for songwriting inspiration. The Hearse is available everywhere, while hit song Cringe recently crossed 28 million worldwide streams. What was your first favorite song? Uh, well, I mean, I was raised on a lot of Christian music because my uh-huh. parents wouldn't let me listen to secular music. So when did you, what happened, what was the thing that broke you out of that then? Uh, Linkin Park. Yeah. my shit, man. Um, <laughs> Numb by Linkin Park was like, I had that on repeat for a really long time. So what do you think was about that song that was the, made it the first one that clicked with you out of the uh, Christian thing? I don't know. I just love that style of music, like screamo rap kind of stuff yeah some people get lucky and they like you know hit 13 years old and it's nirvana and some people get uh limp biscuit yeah <laughs> and i was just like a little emo kid too so nice like, you know, yeah what type of emo stuff was it um i mean lincoln park kind of mm-hmm. stuff how about the first song you ever memorized first song i ever memorized i would probably say it was a reliant k song actually no it was probably like a worship song at church mm. uh but probably a Reliant K song because I was super into them when I was younger. And they're kind of Christian too, right? If I yeah, remember. Yeah. yeah. What was the first song dash album you remember buying? I remember trying to buy um, AFI's whatever Miss Murder was on. I can't remember Did what the Sing the Star. Oh no, 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 maybe the one after. Yeah, I can't remember the name of it, but I remember like begging my dad to let me buy this album, and he was like, "No." So that's the first album I remember not buying. Um, it was, I think it was a, it was a Pillar album, a band called Pillar. It's another Christian like? band. Oh, okay. And then uh, once I like got out of all the like Christian stuff and started finding music that I really liked, I think it was uh, Eminem's uh, Relapse. Ah, okay. Yeah. Was there a specific song of yours that you felt like it took your writing to the next level, that when you wrote it, you're like, oh, I'm starting to come into being uh, with myself? Yeah, I would probably say I wrote um, the first song that I really like put out under Matt Mason was called Melons. It's only on SoundCloud. Um, and that was such a different 
song for me like it was like more like jazzy kind of chords and that's kind of what like broke me away from like the like kind of emo I used to write a lot of like emo kind of Linkin Parky sounding stuff mm-hmm. and that's what broke me out of like writing in that mindset and realizing that I could write any kind of way that I want uh, and then the next song I wrote after that was Gravedigger so mm. yeah so was it a conscious decision or was it more just like you fumbled on the chords one day? Like what happened with that? Uh, I started listening to a lot of King Cruel, uh-huh. um, who I love. And I just started learning a lot of the chords that he was using. And then I was like, oh man, you, like I can mess around with this style of stuff too. And so, yeah, just ended up writing a couple songs with that kind of vibe to it. And then, yeah. What would we be surprised to find out as a musical influence of yours that's not Linkin Park? <laughs> Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different artists that I look at that I don't necessarily, like, it, it, I, you wouldn't assume that I would like that, um, like, style of music, but a, a big one, like, right now is Troy Sivan. Mm-hmm. It's like, like, any of my friends would be like, you have no business liking that. Like, <laughs> they wouldn't think I would, but I think he's just doing, like, pop music really, really well and authentic. What was the most recent song you discovered and had to share with friends that you were like, this is fucking amazing? Let me take a take a gander at my library. I've been listening to a lot of this guy called Yellow Days. I don't know. He's really, really dope. Oh, this guy, Ham- Hamilton Lighthouser, I oh, guess. Oh, yeah, the singer Rostam. of the Walkman. Yeah. Um, and he did this project with Rostam from yeah. Vampire Weekend. Uh, and there's a song called When the Truth Is. Mm-hmm. And that song is just, I've had that on repeat for so long. I love that song. Do you remember the first time you heard one of your songs in public? Has that happened yet? I did hear it in a bar in London, hmm. uh, which was like kind of, it was super weird. I mean, I was playing a show there, mm-hmm. um, but it wasn't the night that mm. I was playing. So we were just there and I heard it playing and I was just like, oh shit, that's my song. <laughs> um, but I haven't, I mean, I hear it plays in the Apple store and like Abercrombie and Fitch and stuff like that. But mm. I haven't, I haven't been in there yet uh, while it's playing are you one of those people of your generation that has feelings about Abercrombie and Fitch play that stuff? Is that a good thing or a bad thing to you? Oh, I don't care, man. Yeah. Play, yeah, play what you want, man. The more, more you play my music, the more it gets out there. So, What are the elements of other songs that you tend to grab to first? Are you more of a lyrics, music, melody? Like, What, what, what usually really gets you about stuff? What are you obsessed with lately? Um, I think it's a mixture of all of it. Like, There's a lot of songs that I love because the melody just catches me. And the lyrics like kind of suck and then vice versa uh but i don't know it just depends on the state of mind that i'm in when i'm listening to it and and if it just catches my ear like you know especially that song i just talked about the um when the truth is by hamilton lighthouser the lyrics are great to that song but the melody is like it just brings me right in but yeah is there anything you tend to gravitate towards in lyrics that really like gets to you is there anything you identify with in that as far as like music from like, other yeah, people like, wait, wait, other people like is there anything that like you're like you know i love a turn of phrase like this like what, 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 what? um i'm big into uh my like all-time inspiration is andy hull from a band called manchester orchestra yeah, yeah, yeah. i've ma- mastered some of that bad book stuff oh really yeah, oh yeah. man yeah I've, i'm a huge uh, manchester fan too hell yeah man they're awesome um but he also has a side project called right away great captain mm-hmm. Um, and that is, I mean, you should, I'm sure you have yeah. that question on there, but that's my favorite album of all time is, uh, oh, okay. the church of the good thief. That is such an amazing album. But, um, I'd say considering he was a pastor's kid and I'm a pastor's kid, oh, okay. there's a lot of faith based stuff and a lot of, um, you know, the confusion and struggle with that being raised in it and then having, having to, uh, to realize what it is for yourself. And so I'd say like 
a lot of the songs that I gravitate to emotionally, the lyrics are kind of in that realm of, you like know. Biblical illusions. Yeah, yeah. But you're, has that affected your singing style at all? Is that what you're saying? I'm hearing that you like Andy Hull. I'm like, oh, you know, I hear some similarities in your yeah, voice. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I tend to like when I get really obsessed with the artist, like there, there'll be different like um, phrases or, mm-hmm. like, or ways I'll say words differently. And I won't even think about it. I'll just start doing it. And I remember when I started getting really obsessed with them, uh, I like started sounding so much like him, like some, <laughs> like the, some of the phrases I would say. And so I kind of had to like pull back and like realize that was happening. And, you know, but that was also before I was really like um, confident in my voice and like, you know, how I sing things. Uh, and so now it's just an afterthought, but yeah. So is that a thing that you go through a lot? Is like, is there sometimes you're like, Oh, this influence is seeping too hard. I got to get away from that. Like, Not anymore because I'm like, that's, I mean, that's what music is supposed to do, mm-hmm. you know? So how about when you're creative? Like if you're writing or you're in the studio, I know like there's like some people who, uh, you know, like really are like, Oh, I got to listen to stuff to get inspired the whole time. Or like some people are like, yo, I got to do a cleanse of music and I got to stay away from it. Did, did, does any of that happen for you? No, not really, man. I, I listen to less music than I used to just cause I'm so busy. And also I don't, I live in LA now and I don't own a car and mm. I would just drive all the time when I was in Virginia and listen to music. And I also don't, uh, like follow anybody on Twitter and I don't really use social media to like look at stuff either. So like so, any so what's music the reason behind that. It's just because people are so fucking negative and I, it's, just, it's just annoying, man. People, everybody thinks they're like the most important person in the world and like their opinion is this. And so it just gets annoying and I think it's distracting to for anybody for what they want to stay focused on. But, uh, and so yeah, I don't see as much of the like, like I couldn't name, I don't think I could name one song in, in the top 50 right now. I don't everything in my library is just from things that I've just like searched for, mm-hmm. which I think is, is the best way to find music. Um, no, not really, man. I just, you know, I usually, I tend to find rather than listen through whole albums. Now I'll find a song and I'll just have that song on repeat for like a day. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no real process to that. No. What's a song that no matter how many times you've heard it, you'll stop whatever you're doing just to hear it again. I think it just depends on, like how often I've heard that song, but uh, Wish You Were Here by Pink Floyd mm. is a big one. Um, or just anytime I'm in public and I hear Johnny Cash playing and just oh, yeah. Like, stop, yeah. Um, yeah, those are two big ones. Do you have a guilty pleasure thing? Something that you're a little embarrassed to tell people that you really enjoy? Uh, as an artist or just... Yeah, in, as an artist or, as an, or a song. The new James Bay record, honestly, mm. uh, is very like heartthrobby. Mm-hmm. Um but I love, there's a song on it called Pink Lemonade that's so sick. What is the one of the songs that gives you goosebumps anytime you hear it? Fix You by Coldplay, obviously. It's also, it's also the, one of the things that I really love about Andy Hull's writing in Manchester Orchestra is it's very like, I'll hear lyric, like I still, the album Simple Math, I still will listen to that and hear new lyrics that I'll be like, oh man, damn, that's like heavy. And I love music like that. That's got so much packed into it that like every time you listen, you hear something new. Can you tell me some other records that you feel that way about? Simple Math, obviously. And then Church of the Good Thief, Grace by Jeff Buckley. Mm. Uh, your go-to karaoke song. I can't, I can never remember the name of it, but it's the, I want to know what love is. <laughs> so, 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 but that, that song is like fire. That, I listened to a lot of your stuff last night. That doesn't sound like that's your key. That song is 
fire, dude. <laughs> That's and it kills at karaoke too. That one, and then the I've been waiting for so long for someone to come along, just that you. Yes, yes, I know that one as well. Yeah. Is there any story you can tell me from recording your uh, EP about inside the process? Well, most of it was recorded in my buddy James Flanagan, who produces all my stuff. Um, so what else his, has James worked on? James has worked on his first big record was Codaline, um, their big song. Um, and then he's worked with um, like Andrew McMahon from mm-hmm. Jack's Mannequin. Uh, he's worked with LPX, who is from Miss Mister, who is also the co-owner of Neon Gold Records, who I'm mm-hmm. signed with. But yeah, we... We just record everything in his studio, but we did for uh, Hallucinogenics. I wanted to go out and work with this guy named Simon Felice. And so, so we did you go went, up there to upstate? We went to upstate in the Catskills um, to record Hallucinogenics, and it was really cool to just get out of L.A. and get out of the studio there and just go up to the mountains, middle of nowhere, and, and you know have a different vibe, a clear head about things. And uh, So we recorded that, and then another song that... Um, you'll probably be hearing in the future, but yeah. Nice. And so going up to the mountains, is that kind of the same thing of like how the social media thing is not working yeah, for you? Yeah, it's just wanna... kind of getting away from any distraction and focusing on what we're doing, you know? So is there any cool story of creation or anything that fun that happened in the studio? A story you could tell me from the making of the record? Mm, well, I mean, pretty much all the songs I wrote on my own, except for, um, well, the hearse we did, um, we wrote that in Nicaragua. Um, oh, well, wow. I did a writing camp out there. And James Flanagan was there. So, so, so with a writing camp in Nicaragua. <laughs> it's this place called Madeira's Village that uh-huh. Neon Gold does a writing camp, a couple writing camps every year. Um, and it's this beautiful resort and you just stay in like huts and they have like five different like makeshift studios that they set up. Um, and they bring a bunch of producers along, a bunch of top liners and a bunch of writers. And I wrote the hearse with this guy, Chris Griswold from, um, or no, Chris Whitehall from the Griswolds and James Flanagan, and we just wrote it in a little hut in Nicaragua, sweating <laughs> buckets. But, yeah, <laughs> that sounds fun, though. What do you see yourself doing in the future? Do you think you're always going to get it way and be reclusive, or does the city sometimes inspire you as well? Uh, I think it's it's a mixture of both for sure. Because um, I mean, it's all kind of relative to to how much time you're spending in, in whatever environment. If I was up in the Catskills for two months, I'd be like, I want to go to the city. Yeah. But I do really like getting away and just getting away from any kind of um, entertainment or anything that's going to cloud my head. Is there any song that you've heard recently that really inspired any song you've written? Mondo Cosmos record. No. Oh, you should check it out. It's really tight. He's got kind of like a Bob Dylan-y sounding kind of voice, but it's more alternative kind of stuff. He did a song called Hold On To Me that was definitely uh, inspired some some stuff for me. It inspired uh, a song I have called Straight Razor, mm-hmm. um, which has a similar vibe and sound to it. But yeah. Is there any unknown artist that you could hip the audience to that you'd say everybody should check out? Um, my buddy Roswell Fitzroy, um, he's been making, uh, stuff with me since we were like 15. Mm. He designs all my artwork and and all my merch. He designed a couple of my tattoos. Um, he has a project too. And it's just like, it's can't even be like classified by genre. It's so crazy. Um, but he just released an EP called Zeus, um, Mm. that I think people should check out. It's my artist pick on, on Spotify. So... Pushing past the limit, tripping on hallucinogenics 
Thanks to Matt Mason for coming on What Did I Say? Visit mattmason.com for more information. That's M-A-T-T-M-A-E-S-O-N. Our theme music is by Max Frost. Be sure and catch up on all the Atlantic Records podcasts at atlanticpodcasts.com. Thank you for listening.